could artificial intelligence replace therapists? The idea now is that chatbots might be sentient or have feelings and stuff. TikTok shopping plans for US abandoned after disastrous UK experiment. I already talked about this trend of retailtainment. They're talking about this startup who will just making kerosene out of water and carbon by using solar. Teaching history, for instance, in VR is so much more vivid than just reading about who fought who on the battlefield and not understanding the real how this whole thing happened. <laughs> Hi and welcome to episode 30 of the Tech Review. Every two weeks we gather to discuss the hottest topics in science, technology and innovation. On camera for today we have Nilufa. Wait, where is it? There we are. On camera three we have Chris. On camera two we have Alex and on camera... Tarek, where Wrong are button. you? <laughs> okay, this was broken. But here I am. Hi, <laughs> camera one. <laughs> okay, but if you like... This is what I wanted to show. If you like what you see here, then of course you can follow us directly on our websites, Ideas Engineering IO or freetech.academy or of course on one of our many, many social networks uh, which you see on the screen and which we will link in the show notes and description uh, below the video. So let's jump into the news. <laughs> There's always something going wrong, as always. Okay, let's see. Uh, today we start with Chris. Or is this the same okay. thing? No, it's. Um, I don't see. Or... So it's the psychology link, actually, yes. which I have brought today. And um, it's the only one I have today uh, since I was on holiday. Last uh, week, just came back on Sunday and have just one link with me. Right, so um, it's about Lambda again. And uh, the whole discussion actually raises the question, could artificial intelligence replace therapists? And um, I think we had that like two or three times now in uh, in, in, in the tech review here. <clears throat> but I think that after Blake LeBorn actually came up with the idea that, that Lambda is self-aware, <clears throat> that had various implications, right? Lots of discussions behind that. And uh, the idea now is in the room that chatbots, or at least Lambda, might be sentient or have feelings and stuff. And uh, I think we are quite clear that this might not be the case. But the thing is, if customers think so, then this raises the question from my point of view, if this technology actually can be used as a tool for, as it is said here, uh, psychological therapy. And um, if we take Lemoyne's experience into, the, into consideration there, which was very um, intense, apparently, right? So uh, we, we seem, or we, it seems that this approach at least has the potential um, to act like um, a the therapist in, in psychology. And um, so now we can think if, if, if we could um, extend in an eye in the future also to react not only to like verbal, but also to 
to non-verbal reactions, right, like facial expressions and everything, such an AI could like probably suit the requirements which an average th a therapist usually has. And um, I think like like a real, or this is what is said actually in the article, that like a real therapist, it might start like with neutral observations and then it might modify its responses based on the patient's reaction. And so in this case, the AI would respond differently to each patient's and different to each patient's mood, right? And um, if then also the AI could be taught to offer suggestions that strengthen uh, the patient's ability to find answers from themselves and from within, then this might really be a way in which like AIs like Lambda, chatbots like Aanda could be actually, um, could be used as, um, as, as an as an AI therapist in the future, and I think this is um, a discussion which might be um, yeah worth of taking into consideration and being put on the table here in the tech review. Yeah, I have an opinion about this one. Um, I think in certain degrees it makes sense uh, in terms of there are a lot of times. Not that I'm regularly in, in therapy, so I'm I'm not. 100% uh, sure about this one but I guess um, where it helps that you simply have a conversation with th someone about your problems about your inner feelings about the conflicts that you have um, where you feel better after having this dialogue with someone and I think in this case it would be great to have something like an AI therapist um, but I believe that in terms of a medical professional where a therapist could actually provide some proactive insights, some knowledge about medical history, compassion about your personal situation, um, where you actually think a human being is necessary to do this job. I'm not sure if this AI would then be able to actually replace this medical professional. So there, I, I'm not 100% sure if we are there yet, that we could actually replace a therapist 100% by the AI, um, but maybe at some point of time where the AI is actually trained for years and years with actual um, medical files and medical um, history of patients and best practices and these things, maybe it would make sense. Um, but when it comes to, I don't know, um, hand out pres prescriptions for, for uh, like psychoactive drugs, which probably also uh, falls into the the, the area of uh, psychotherapists, right? I think there it might become dangerous if, if the machine is taking over this part as well. It's things that are beyond working as a chatbot, right? Would it Absolutely. be enough for you to have a chatbot answering your questions or like if you need someone to vent to, um, let's say, for instance, you had a really hard day at the job, in the job and... Um, Sorry. No, you're good. Just shut me up. That, <laughs> but if you need if you need someone to vent to, um, to go to a chatbot and vent to, I mean, like I do with a BFOG bot every time that I'm frustrated, just hit the BFOG bot and. But um, I'm I'm kind of with uh, Tarek at this point when it comes to loneliness, and I think this is one of the main things psychologists in big cities are faced with uh, problems of people grounded by being lonely having nobody to talk to and when this is the first step um, to 
You know, a lot of people or old school people just think they don't need a therapist. Maybe this could be a point just to take the first step. And when they feel better and when it comes to medication and this stuff, I'm really 100% with Tarek, then it needs a really professional human being who can really go with them or just um, take care of them. But I think for the first step, it's really good. And I would do that, I think, when I come home. And, um, you know, just the first thing I had, you know, a panic attack or something on my way from home to home. And then I just need to speak to someone. But, you know, this human face to face, finding a therapist, finding this is work, this is hard work. And when you're really in bad situation you need first care you know this uh, first thing speed that some, someone is there and you can just yeah maybe the artificial intelligence can um, just do a date with a real therapist then and find a professional yeah. therapist for you who matches really to, to you like you know tinder you know matching <laughs> this is a really good thing and you know when i i've never been in therapy so i cannot really speak about that but i think the human factor would be for me a really big point if someone is matching to me or is the you know this uh inter-human level is it right or not yeah as we discuss now so the psychological therapy apparently is like a broad spectrum right so it starts with just talking to somebody and the other end of the spectrum is really like um giving uh medication to somebody and of course uh, we should not start with uh, the, the fifth step before we have done the first but um nonetheless the fact that people really think that lambda is um sentient that it has feelings that it understands the customers in this case um, this, from my point of view, is um, at least promising um, for an approach of having an AI therapist because it, it is an indication for um, the idea that people really feel understood by the person, the chatbot, on the other side. And um, if that could be enhanced, like with algorithms, we could go further over this um, level of just talking to somebody, but really of giving the feeling of being understood in a way, right? Also psychologically wise. And um, of course, it's it should not be maybe used for the, um, for the, for the really tough cases like um, suicide, endangered people or so. But um, for the average, um, well, whatever kind of, well, depression, or something, <laughs> it might be helpful, at least as a first step. So, and as I said, it, it might not be the case that it is already there, but it says and it shows that it might be a way which uh, we could uh, uh, take um, in the first or with the first steps, like based on AI um, therapies or AI psychologists, since as I said, the first step is done. The first, the first precondition is there. And that is that apparently the AI is being, at least by some people, accepted as a being who really understands what I'm talking about, who gives me the feeling that I'm understood by the entity on the other side. Chris, just for the sake of understanding now how this Lambda thing is working, or at least um, um, describing then to our um, viewers the millions of viewers that we have right now, um, is 
the audience that Lambda has and uh, the people that actually say, um, I feel understood by Lambda or by this, um, by this AI, are they aware that they're speaking to an AI? At this point, or is it the Turing test? Actually, is it basically are, the Turing test? They are aware that they are talking to an entity which is claimed to be an AI, but they have the feeling that this AI is no longer just like a machine, but mm -hmm. it has become sentient. I see. I think this might actually be the hardest test for an AI because all other medical procedures, I mean. Nothing against uh, medical the the medical doctors, but if I think about a di diagnosis, what's the word? Di what's the English word? Diagnose? Dia diagnose. Diagnose. Right. <laughs> about the diagnose, uh, we already know that very often machines are outperforming doctors because um, getting the images of X-rays and uh, finding like cancer cells or something like that. This is already performed, I think, um, in, in, in many cases by the machine supervised by medical doctors because machine learning does this very, very well, interpret images. And I think even robotics become so powerful that uh, medical procedures like uh, surgery might be performed by robots in the, in the future because they can work very, very precise. Um, but in terms of the human mind, I think this might be the hardest part to actually trust that the machine is not working like a very, very sophisticated chatbot that simply finds the right cues and throws back some answers that fools you into thinking that this machine is actually compassionate, but having compassion and connect with you on a human level. And this is what you said in the very beginning, that people believe that this machine is actually connecting with them and having emotions and com being compassionate. But this regarding to Google is not the case yet. The chatbot or Lambda was designed to be a very, very great chatbot, but being a chatbot, meaning fooling people into thinking that this is actually a human being that they are talking to. Yeah, and so... Here we enter the the realm of um, of um, philosophy, where we have to find out if being a perfect chatbot qualifies you to be a feeling living entity. Yeah, because you could argue as a human being, I am nothing else than like a very sophisticated chatbot. My brain processes what you are saying, and I give you some kind of matching answer. Um, but regarding to Google this chatbot is nothing more than a very, very, very good chatbot. But this is not the question here from my point of view. The question actually refers to the other side of the line, to the recipient, to the one who's talking to the chatbot. And if he believes that the entity on the other side uh, understands what he's talking about, then it doesn't matter if the chatbot does uh, is, is only fools or claims to be sentient or, uh, or, or tries to fool the, the person on the other hand um, or to pretend something which he isn't. If the person feels understood, then I think um, the goal is achieved and then it works for the patient, so to say. And um, I'm not quite sure if, if, if that is true anyway, because sometimes you talk to people, to real people, and um, you have the feeling talking to a chatbot, right? Because um, the person, the real person on the other side is all time just like talking in bubbles and you know what he's talking 
like before speaking about before he has opened his mouth because he's just talking like in in bubbles but on the other hand um if you have like this machine this machine and this chatbot and as i said he has the ability of putting the right uh buttons regarding to what you expect and what you want to talk about and where you have the feeling of being understood and that works out then yeah I think it is kind of a communication or at least um, it, it helps people on the other hand, as said, of feeling understood. So I think it might be working. Maybe not with everyone, but with I many think of this is people. the point. This is the point is uh, the point is the chatbot or this machine is connecting with you, with your Uh, brain interaction and the level of your thinking so it gives you something back and as you said when you're chatting with someone or have a discussion then it's most about arguing and being against each other so it's not about connecting it's about you know fighting or something so connection is a big point in in psychology i think um and it's about feeling understood and having this warm um uh, feeling i've been someone is seeing me and my problems and understands it and if i got this feeling but what i don't really get right now is is it a text-based uh machine or is there an interaction um opportunity like face to face or because this would be really interesting if they receive my my face and um or am i just writing down my problems so this would be a, a problem with what is with with the people who can't really write or uh, read well or write about their feelings or something i think lamna is uh really just a, a chatbot and of course it's very easy to uh use like voice uh input and output you could talk to it and you have this uh, speech to text and text to speech functionality but there's not like a robot face or anything uh, involved so right now we are only talking about the 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 intelligence the thinking part of finding the right responses and communicate with you in a in a human language way but not like a there is a robot sitting in the chair in front of you and actually having like a simulating like a human being it's it's just um the conversation that you are having Like but this would be so great for older people excuse me but for the old people who are sitting alone at home uh, fighting with depression and this stuff uh, this would be so good <laughs> you know connecting alexa with it and just having conversation over alexa you know yeah. there was this wonderful movie um you might have seen it it's called her just her and that was exactly it right so there was this um chatbot thing which has been developed and being sold as a as a virtual companion to people and um, there was this one guy who bought this <laughs> this device and then he uh, fell in love with the chatbot and um, she also well seemed to fall in love with him of course she didn't or let's say at the same time she fell in love with another hundred million people but she gave him the feeling of really understand him and uh, being his companion and he could who could talk about everything with her and uh, got the right answers and this is also a very important aspect so um of, of like feeling understood and having uh, like a connection as you said so um This, of course, is not only 
the ability of the other side, so to say, to, to put the right trigger or to, to put the right buttons, but it's also um, the openness from your side actually to um, accept the other side as a companion, as somebody to talk to, right? So if you are open, if let's say you are the patient and the AI therapist is on the other side and you have the feeling that he really understands you and then you get more open and open and open then this is something which is coming from your side and this helps of course building up this kind of connection which you mentioned beforehand even if there might be no real connection because the machine just fools you but if you don't recognize I think, that i think this is but i think this is the important part that um you're aware that this is just an AI answering to you because let me just showcase a worst um i'm good with that kind of scenarios so you have the teenager who's being mobbed at school he or she comes home tells the machine tells the therapist what uh what happened at school and the therapist says yeah i know i know it's a bad situation you know they all hate me they hate me because of this and that and because i'm uh, whatever reason and so on and the machine says yeah that's a really bad situation um you could do this and that and wh whatever it comes up with um as long as the teenager is not aware of the fact that this is in a machine and this is a machine that could turn out really bad i think with her it was clear from the beginning also in the movie obviously that it's an uh, conversational ai that is helping him then to kind of adjust and to tell things and that knows him because of his emails and all the conversations that have um that happened in between the uh, the two of them but it was always clear that there was this was an ai and not a real person on the other end so i think as long as you make clear that the ai therapist is an ai therapist and not just um a real person that can answer with i know what you're going through because i experienced it as well in high school or wherever um This is the important part to make sure that people are aware that it's just an AI on the other end or that it's a human on the other end of, of, of the line than on the phone. I don't think that it's smart, especially when you start um, building that kind of applications and so on to kind of try to fool people into that. Uh, for the sake of proving that it's so good, okay, but not when you start using it in production. Yeah, as said, I mean, there's a spectrum of psychological aspects, so mm -hmm. it should not be used for everybody. This mm -hmm. is this is for sure. Nonetheless, I'm not quite with you saying that it is absolutely clear that uh, there's an eye on, AI on the other side. So this is... Maybe But how do you then make sure to distinguish then, because you said beforehand for suicidal people, let's say for suicidal people, how do you make sure that the suicidal person is aware that... Um, Or the AI is, is aware that it's... I mean, how do you distinguish then in the end? Yeah. So this is what I mentioned before. So you have a spectrum. And of course, the AI therapist is not something for suicidal people. So this is as I said, yeah, but how for, the, do you for the lower case. Yeah, yeah. But how, do, how does the AI know then in the end? I mean, I'm not asking really you, but I'm just saying then um, let's say I am for the sake of saying um, I would be such a person and I'm talking to this AI If I even don't know that I'm, you know, like to be diagnosed as suicidal and you eventually get into the situation. So I think it's a very long stretch to say I would start with giving that free or giving that um, into a society as this is an NI therapist. It can help you up until this and that point. 
and from that point on you should pursue like professional help like yeah, human yeah. professional I, I see help. your point i mean this but this is this is indeed like uh, speculation right so if mm. there might be a system like that then of course there should be regulations and rules and uh, mechanisms of when to use it how to use it who should use it maybe there's a real therapist beforehand saying mm. okay look um uh, um, I know you are just like a, a lower case. Um, you can you can talk to an AI, so that would be working as well. I have the capacity, anyways, to talk to you just for the sake of talking to you. There are always the cases where people actually have to go home because even the suicidal ones uh, have to go home because they do not get any um, any any space. Uh, or, or um, there is not capacity with all there is no capacity, therapists. Yeah, they, going, I know. Mm -hmm. they cannot cannot have any meetings with a th therapist because they do not have capacity. So that it might be um, of help. I said for the lower cases, for, um, handing them over to an AI therapist so that the human therapists have like more capacity for the real tough cases. But the thing I actually want to point to is, it is not. Uh, and there I'm not with you, that for the people talking to an AI, it is not clear very sometimes, and apparently we have seen that with uh, Blake Lemoyne, it is not clear that they are talking to an AI. Of course, that is what's being um, put on the package, right? Saying, okay, you are talking to an AI. This is what the company who uh, actually provides the AI is saying to you. And then you talk to an AI. You know that from the beginning. But then when actually you have this conversation with the AI, um, you are being convinced. So it might be by the AI or by yourself that you are not talking to an AI system, but this AI system has become alive for whatever reason. And if that is your belief, then this is something which is on your side. Then the company says, this is just a piece of technology. But if you believe that it's more than that, and if you believe in the like, esoteric uh, putting some kind of spirit into this piece of machine and then you talk to something to to some real entity kind of a wonder happened then this is your belief so um in That's that funny. sense people people know okay actually i'm talking to an ai but it has become more than it was meant for uh, in the beginning and then yeah that's fine it's... i'm rooting for a christmas uh, or for a santa claus um ai at this point all right, then go for it. Okay. You know what I mean? Because uh, if I believe in Santa <laughs> and I want to talk to Santa, then that's fine. That's uh, so I. But why not? Maybe Coca Cola comes around with this idea. <laughs> See? Okay, let's jump to the okay, next topic. And what? To, to make one last sentence, <laughs> I really believe that something like that, that chatbot companions are one of the next big things, if I think about it. One of the next big things which we will be seeing within this decade. I totally agree, Chris. Okay, I have a new thing now, um, and this looks like this. And now, this. Huh? It's a transition to the you? next topic. Mm, it's wow. better than the Obama thing <laughs> or the China thing. And it now, looks like Hertha's. Hertha game. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually the Axel Springer Blue. I, I uh, made sure that it is the okay. Axel Springer Blue. But since I, at the rest of the application, I use pink, maybe the next time I use pink. <laughs> I was just about to say, but honestly. It was not supposed to be Hertha. <laughs> 
So the next article comes from me and this one I brought with me last time but we ran out of time and this is very interesting for two reasons. The headline is TikTok shopping plans for US abandoned after disastrous UK experiment and I think a couple of uh, tech reviews ago I already talked about this trend of retailtainment uh, what we see in social media especially in Asia where platforms like TikTok are more and more used for retailing purposes where the influencers directly sell products and uh, um, yeah, make available products directly within their stream so they are streaming on TikTok or Instagram or wherever and show like the new whatever coffee cup and then you can directly buy this in the stream. And this is a, a huge thing with uh, billions of dollars in revenue. And so the expectation is that in Europe and, and in uh, the US, this kind of retailtainment will also be a thing. And so they started, or TikTok started in the UK, this experiment of trying to uh, bring in this, this shopping experience into the TikTok app. And it was a disaster. Um, the first um, the first answer is the obvious one. The the numbers did not add up. So it was not really successful. People in the UK were not really feeling comfortable in spending money on TikTok. And um, even though they had like rebates and uh, great offers, um, this market did not uh, move forward. And the, the other disaster that happened was that uh, roundabout, I think the article says, 20 employees were leaving TikTok, um, this, this TikTok shopping branch in the UK because of um, like workers' rights. There was, uh, if I read this correctly, like a, a, a Chinese a supervisor who tried to push the company in the Chinese way, where people had to work like more than 12 hours per day Per, per day per day and we're not able uh, to take like sick leave and these things because this is like poor workers ethics right and uh, they celebrated their workers ethics where they had to be in the office very early in the morning to start their business but also had to work very very late to have then like meetings with with china uh, with their office in china and uh, so people were leaving like a, a huge chunk of the employees were leaving this company um, because it was not the way that we are working here in Europe with, uh, with workers' rights. And so they changed, I think, even management. But uh, on both levels, this experiment failed for one, having like this, this uh, Chinese-led company in the UK, but also on the economic level, they did not achieve what we observe in terms of retailtainment in Asia. And uh, so I'm re very, very interested to see how long it will take until this cultural habit of shopping on, on social media will come over to Europe or the US, or if this maybe never happens. Because uh, if I take a look at Germany, for example, and the trend of um, cashless payment, we are not there yet. <laughs> on the re in the rest of the world, I never have cash with me. I always have my credit card. But in Germany, I never leave home without uh, cash in my pocket because the Germans do not adapt to cashless payments. So maybe retail payment won't be a thing in Germany. Let's see. <laughs> it's happening already. It's happening already, but not on the scale that um, that TikTok has tried, by the way. So Instagram is doing a similar thing. I'm following several brands on, on, on Insta and they every now and then they have a live, um, they go live. Uh, and specifically for a few brands, they start uh, dressing up people like in the um, in the clothes that I, you know, 
that they sell online as well. And um, if you stick with them live uh, on this live stream, then you get discounts that you wouldn't get if you're um, just consuming online without the live stream and then Insta. And so I can then, if I want to, go directly to their online shop or to their shop then in Insta and start purchasing with uh, the discount that they are providing then within the live stream um, that you either visit or not and then uh, get hooked and so I'll probably come back then for the next live stream because I get the discounts so depending on what how they incentivize their users their shoppers um, it can already it does already work in the states um, um, specifically with the brands that I'm following with uh, or up to um, Germany I don't know <laughs> to be honest, um, because I mean, Otto is not yet, I, I guess, in live streaming and on Insta uh, that strong. Uh, might, might be fake news at this point, but I, I guess it's not that I haven't heard of it as of now. Yeah. Do okay. you guys shop, uh, shop via Insta or other um, platforms or do you ever leave Amazon? I personally, I, I'm I'm a victim. I think, <laughs> I think Amazon I'm victim, up, but not this. Yes, but because of this, you know, scrolling my time, uh, my my uh, TikTok or what? No, not TikTok. Uh, Instagram. Then it is, of course, Amazon products and um, yeah, other stuff. I'm. I don't want to talk about the products <laughs> I'm ordering. But I will. I leave the platform and come back. But I never did and never saw this live thing and um i don't know if i want to see them yeah, i'm really I, afraid of it i personally i'm i'm very compassionate when it comes to uh, comparing like attributes and uh, properties and uh, reading like the reviews on on amazon um and there i'm i really like to compare products and and, and these things um so i can't imagine throwing through my instagram or my my uh, tiktok channel and then directly buy there maybe i take ideas and then start researching on idealo for example right uh, for comparing prices and properties and these things um, but I, I don't think that i would directly buy on tiktok unless maybe we are talking about like unique things if there's someone who 3d prints original things that are exclusively available there on this platform then if we are there, this might be a thing where I can make like a micropayment for $2 or something. And then uh, he sends me like this 3D printed thing that is not available on Amazon, for example. This this might be an interesting thing. But if someone shows me, I don't know, like a, like a new um, smartphone or something like that, I would never just... I'm not sure if this is actually the thing that you're buying on, on Instagram. Uh, but, but those things, I would always use professional platforms for, for weighing them. I don't know how good it works for for tech stuff or let's say um, everything that is interior related, but I can tell you how it works for clothes. So you take um, a person like similar size, similar um, hair color, skin color, whatever, Nilufar, and you take a model that looks more like me and then you take a shirt 
and you put it then on a model like Nilfer looks or like uh, how I'm looking and I can instantly start discussing with the person oh could you put that to the Nilufar model because I, I, I have this friend and I, I'm considering buying that for her birthday and I don't know how the color comes across then the screen with her skin uh, uh, type and so on also with makeup and type. the size if it's the real size because exactly really main uh, question everybody's is this size the main size or do i have to take it shorter or bigger on this is really a exactly. good point yeah exactly also with makeup also with things that you basically that you put on that you really hard hardly can like compare to each other in um in this amazon style where you have like okay so this is like true to size or with shoes or with you know um things like that but to be fair of course uh, I wouldn't buy in a, a phone on Instagram either but when it comes to clothes for instance um, and this is also something that might be even limited in terms of how, ma how many they produced there is like I said there's this brand thing um, that might be really really interesting in the long term uh, the bag going together with the pants the hmm? and so on um, so yeah, there is uh, an addictive um, potential in here. But the culture right now about consuming on Instagram or other social media platforms in Europe or in Germany, let's talk about Germany, is like consuming by just watching and leaving the platform or going on a link or this stuff. Um, and I'm not sure if this will be another thing about this upcoming next generation you know it's a cultural thing when you get used to it and if it's like a daily thing which is starting right now i in china china it's in common just to shop like this and sitting models in in a scene and they are just putting and doing makeup this is a full business there and a job to be a person in front of thousands of mobile phones and uh, just acting like uh, as natural as possible maybe this would not uh, be 101 like here in europe because we are a lot we are you know we need authentical persons we need it you know more authentical than i think this just doing as if you know well, just acting as if well let me um let me make a strong case against that because I get what you're saying and depending on where you are in Germany, whether you're living in Berlin or in a rural area, but then how is, um, what's the name of those TV? Um, Shopping? Q QVC. QVC. QVC thingy. How come it's so strong and it's still it's th still a thing and depending on whether you're following up on tv and stuff you want to see how they move the vacuum or how they i mean there there's a whole industry uh, industry living just out of that advertising on tv and since not all of us are into tv anymore and the next platform is mobile phones why not move the same concept and use the same concept then on, on... It might not be for you, it might not be for me, but there is definitely a target group having money Alex, in their pocket. Alex, we have a business case. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's, um, it's a thing, it's going to become a thing. And even with people getting older and still having mobile phones, like you said um, uh, beforehand, 
being alone at home, having the money in their pockets, on their phones, someone is live talking to them, someone is actually trying on the clothes that they are requesting. It might be mobile therapy without an AI just spending my, I mean, it's sad, but that's what happens with QVC as well. Buying dolls. It's also, I also think that this is a big thing which is coming up there. So um, QVC and stuff, this is apparently not for us, right? So this is for a generation, like at least one generation uh, in front of us, maybe even two. And, you know, it's so unbelievable. On the and other hand, kind of on the other hand, we had COVID and no one could go into the shops and just going on H&M and ordering is one thing and seeing how they put this on and whether it's true to size is a completely different thing. So even with people that are 20 right now and even younger, that could become a thing with, a, exactly. I don't know, monkeypox so uh, pandemic. But come on. So the thing is... Um, I'm, I'm talking about generations here as well, right? So this is, uh, as I said, it, the, the, the QVC is not for us and um, the, the social media um, shopping probably is also not for us because we are not the right generation. Um, QVC is for the older ones, but um, the social media shopping probably is for the younger ones, for Gen Z and stuff. So especially if you think of the AR enhancement, right? So if you have like, as you had like... Um, Glasses. Face paint. Nein, the glasses here. Face paint. Wie heißt es denn? What's the name? Um, face paint. Makeup. Makeup. Oh, face Makeup. paint. War, war paint. Yeah, so. War paint. Face Makeup art. stuff. Yeah, face it's art. not my domain. Sorry. Yeah, so you're if good. You have like, um, if you have like an influencer and you really like that guy, it's a little bit like with the chatbot. You feel understood by that girl in that sense. Kardashians, so, let's in, say. That way, probably. Mm -hmm. well, whoever. So, and then they have this... Um, Foundation, uh, the foundation that nine, Black yeah, the, Kardashian is using. What was the word? Um, makeup. Face paint. Makeup. 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 Yeah. I like so that. I'm, yeah, we so are well. leaving the tech so no, no. area. No. So now, you, now you have like um, sh them showing actually some, some kind of makeup, right? And mm -hmm. then you have an AR enhancement. And whatever they show, you can like really try out yourself. You have yourself. You have on, on the upper level, you have like the Kardashian girl and on the upper on the lower level of your screen you have yourself and then you can like put the various makeup thing onto your eyes and into your face and everything and you can see how it looks like um like and a then, filter of course and snap yeah isn't it right now now exactly at the point right mm -hmm. gen z is big in snapchat and what is snapchat snapchat is ar and now if you actually combine that if you say now we have like a a YouTube channel, uh, we have a Snapchat influencer, whoever, and who really works with the right generation, with the right target group, which is Gen Z, then with the right technology, which is AR. And then you have like some shopping offer underneath your influencing little video thing. Then, of mm -hmm. course, that might be working. Bobby Brown is already yeah. into it and she's 62 years old. She's selling directly on TikTok. Bobby oh. Brown makeup? Uh, face paint? Yes. Face paint. <laughs> so I think I think there is a case of um, it might not get that easy into uh, into Europe because we're um, very much aware of spending money online in comparison to on other platforms, but it's there. And um, Snapchat and all the other um, platforms that are providing all of those um, masks, filters, however you want to put it, are already biasing us in so many ways 
But okay. when I'm getting uh, Tarek's, Tarek's point, it was kind of not not working because Chinese way of working. I will. I just noticed it because this is how I work in uh, confronting my deadline. <laughs> I will. I work in Chinese way. You know. <laughs> um, but this is the this is the point. Another level of culture, you know, culture level of what does this industry mean after all? You know, you need the persons, you need the people behind it, and um, producing and and being influencer is not that easy. It looks right now, and and, and if I Im imagine that they are just sitting there and they have to sell. So they become from influencing to seller, so direct seller. And this is, I think, the next point, next level, which will really get in a point that um, can be really hard, I think. Okay, let's let's uh, leave it there because I think we still have some, uh, some links to discuss. So use your... And now this... <laughs> Your transition. Next one is Nidofar. Oh, I wasn't getting that without speaking English. So I was just, uh, I think this article you will find in English too. But um, yeah, good yeah. news. Good news. I think facing our climate problems, it was, um, there's a point I really like on this uh, news is, that um, yeah, they're talking about this startup who will just making kerosene out of water and carbon by using solar. And if you scroll a little bit down, I would the setup will look like it's like yeah, isn't it isn't it nice? This one looks like you know do you have this you have this towers and they bundle the sunlight and it will not be um, transferred in electric power they just need this sunlight to heat up the water inside it and to produce out of water and uh, carbon kerosene so this is you know the idea when you think about kerosene when um aircrafts are just starting what do we, they produce what's the problem it's it's carbon and they need and they re rewind this process and you see there verbrennung umgekehrt rewinding the process taking carbon taking sun taking water and heating up the water up to i think 1000 or 1500 deg degrees and this process produces somehow kerosene But we are not at this point. This would be really good news if that would be in production. And like, uh, yes, next year it's coming up. We have we have solved the problem. We have the game changer. It looks like this can be one answer to our problem. Like they are producing it and they don't take the carbon out of air. It is possible to take carbon out, out of air, but it is right now at this point really expensive to do it that that way so they decided to take it out of biogas it's much cheaper to do that like this and so it comes that they don't can't produce a lot of uh, amount amount of this um kerosene 
but they would start next year and um, produce for one start with a to to um, what do you say tanken full the to fill up one to fill up one jet with that. And the idea behind it is to um, so to have one answer or put in into the regular kerosene, you know, mix it up with the kerosene we have actually now. And this can be one soil of producing it. As, yeah. And yeah, it's just like CO neutral. My first question would have been exactly what's the problem because it sounds perfect. <laughs> Simply reverse yeah. the game changer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, if it takes so much energy and is very very expensive, um, then this is the answer <laughs> why it's not used in production yet. Yeah, but I mean, we, it's the same thing uh, where we started with um, with solar power, right? In the past, it was like very very low uh, energy efficiency and uh, so it was only in theory and now our our um our solar panels are so efficient that we start using solar as uh, one of the primary uh, energy sources on on this planet so it might be that someone in the future they perfect this kind of uh, procedure and then we might not need uh, any fossil fuel anymore because we can simply boil up our kerosene and use it uh, for CO2, um, uh, what was the word? Neutral, Neutral uh, combustion, because we simply take the CO2 back from the air, <laughs> put it back into uh, the kerosene. And yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, you have to imagine, I, I was just fascinating about this. I think this is what, it, what you say, it's about design thinking, you know, reverse the process. Just think it, reverse it, and, and just, and someone just did it. <laughs> And this is really nice. This is really nice that they have a prototype right now near Cologne. And um, it looks like the eye of the Sauron, I think, <laughs> when they have the full solar bundled at this tower. But yeah, just imagine it. I think I'm with you. I think the near future actually will be, it can be one part. And they are planning uh, to... Um, build it up also in Spain, in the southern Spain, because they have their lot of space for that, a lot of sunlight of that. Um, I think uh, the, the water is not that far away. They can take water from the sea. And um, this is planned to be the next step. I hope they will do it. It's not taking that much time. You know, I think for about over 100 years, uh, to have this mo uh, electric motor was engine was parallel to the full uh, driven engine and someone just set on this uh, full driven thing because yeah and so here we are now back to 100 years ago did you um by any chance stumble upon which companies decided to um, work with that well, prototype, um, I guess that as soon as you put that kind of... Oh, Swiss, yeah, okay, because I stumbled upon something when I was looking for flights and I wasn't sure if it was exactly that. Hmm? Maybe I don't want to be in the first flight that, that flies with this. <laughs> that's what I was basically thinking of. But on the other hand, if Swiss um, integrates that with uh, its flights, uh, I guess they test it properly yeah. <laughs> you are the beforehand. Test. They will test it next year. So 
we will see. And they will uh, fill up a jet, mm-hmm. not a regular touristic machine. <laughs> But eventually that's the goal, right. to do that. Yes, 100%. And if even they put 10% of the uh, fool with this, I'm fine with that. This is really a good step. Hmm. Okay. Chris, we can't hear you. He's on mute. Did, right. did they say something about efficiency then? I mean, if you have like um, all these ingredients, right? Like heat, uh, carbon dioxide, um, water, steam and everything. And then, um, so you have kerosene actually, and you burn that. And then energy is being taken out of the process. Then if you want to reverse the process, then probably you have to take uh, or put energy into the process, right? So, and then you want to use um, the result of the process to um, to use it as an energy provider again. So my question is, what about the efficiency? So if if you have to put energy into the process, is that, and which you want to take out later on again, is that really efficient? Do you take, don't you have to put more energy into the process, which then you can take out in the end? I mean, this is very often the, the problem with alternative energies, right? So that you have to put energies beforehand into the whole thing uh, to create or to take energy out of the process then. But in the end, it might not be more which you take out than what you have put in. But you don't I've take, got that point. Uh, but, but you don't use kerosene to produce more kerosene. You're yeah. using like solar you power. You have the sun. Exactly. You have the sun. Yeah. It's And just the sun. Just the sun, which is just, okay, if we talk about the solar panels, the tower, you know, the whole instruction, I don't know if from A to Z, if it's the whole, uh, um, you know, the whole line is then after all CO neutral. But at this point, when you have this setting like this from there, And you just use, it's about the quality of the energy you use to produce it. The quality is you have sunlight and you just need sun and water. So that's it. And you take carbon, you you know, you take when you want it like a bad thing out of out of the air. Maybe you can do it. It's, it's possible. And you take this and put it in the process. And now this interesting thought. And now this. Yeah, walking you really fast through this one. Um, so, you know, everyone is talking about the metaverse. No one is really does really know what it is, uh, except for Tarek and, and Chris um, and <laughs> a few special people. But, you know, um, when people start doing research and this article is about a person or um, someone um, called... Dr. Musia Morris, uh, who launched an experiment in teaching within the metaverse, because um, it was interesting um, to uh, for her to actually um, pick up this whole thing um, and see whether she could teach. Uh, she's a te- uh, she's a teacher. She's a professor at um, Morehouse College in the States, and she wanted to see whether uh, it's possible to teach um, her topics then in uh, in VR, not specifically in the metaverse, but in VR. And then she took a class and sat down and started building this whole thing. 
And eventually um, started teaching people within a VR and it was um, received so well um, because, you know, there's not only the learn, um, people do not only just learn by reading or by listening. Some are read, some do need haptics or even uh, watching videos and so on. So the, what you call in, 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 in German, ganzheitlich, the um holistic the holistic learner um i don't even know if that's a term in english but um learning holistically um and the takeaway from this article is that in last november uh some months after um dr morris actually or after morris and the other faculty members launched this morehouse in the metaverse Uh, Meta announced that it was committing $150 million um, dollars to its Meta Immersive Learning project. Um, and so that we might get uh, Metaversities. Um, what do you think about that? Because for me, it's like, so there's a little video you can see people can actually learn like chemistry and stuff within the exactly uh, within the metaverse and they um, the takeaway from for them was that it actually is something that they would have requested earlier if they knew it would have been possible because it helped them with their studies actually to visualize so this could become a thing and depending on how much money um, uh, meta is going to um, put into this kind of projects, um, people could actually end up in VR classes in the end. And I'd love that because teaching history, for instance, um, in, in VR is so much more vivid than just reading about uh, who fought who on the battlefield and not understanding the real, how this whole thing happened. Um, I, for instance, I some, am someone who likes to visualize things a lot. Yeah, I think, um, as always, um, it makes sense in moderation. And as we have it in classrooms today, there are some topics that where it makes sense to watch a film, for example, and then the teacher like gets the, the, uh, the TV. That's just and, because of vacation, usually. And in, front in the future, it makes totally sense, uh, in the future right now, certain things to be uh, experienced in VR. So what we have right now on a TV screen, maybe experienced like in this VR setting. I don't think that everything must then be in VR, no. even though if you have something like a remote classroom, um, there, there's the question if you switch back and forth between things like Zoom and VR, for example. Um, but I think for, for a lot of use cases, it makes totally sense. I think it's not just about um, moving the classroom itself into VR. It's not that. But the teaching material itself. So imagine you have like... Um, Uh, let's say landing the landing of in the Normandy or something, and you you're not really getting why it was so difficult to get upon that hill, because yeah you have the picture of the hill and so on in your mind, but understanding that uh, to having the upper hand, <laughs> speaking in Obi Wan terms, is something that is really of a strategic advantage than usually when you're in a battle. Um, is something that you can visualize very good in VR and make understandable in VR. But when you just read it and try to explain it to someone, it's it's hard to really understand why this is an issue in the end and why uh, the upper hand um, fraction then will win probably. Not in every case, obviously, but you know, very often. 
Yeah, but that's what I mean. Um, right now, you would show like a visualization on a TV screen or, or on a, a picture. picture. Mm. And this is better than simply telling someone. True. And having now a VR setting simply makes exactly this experiment, uh, this experience a little bit more immersive. So it's just in a better tool where you use the TV before you use VR in the future. Yeah. But this is a good point. I'm not sure, you know, we need more studies about that, how we learn and how we can use uh, metaverse at, at all. And if it's like, I feel like I'm in it, but when I really think, feel and have this feeling I'm in it, maybe I can just memorize it better, can be, but um, better than a photo or a video. This can be really better than this that the brain is just kind of, you know, I'm feeling like I'm living, I'm in it, and then you have an experience, and then it's, um, you know, more deeper. And I think in this holistic context, it makes sense. Um, I'm not sure if this kind of learning uh, gives a lot of distractions. You know what I mean? When I go there, there is a, I, if I can focus that good, and I think then we come to... Yeah, and then we come to this point. What have to be as when I come to this room? What's what's the case? What have I to focus on? If I've got a lot of opportunities, a lot of windows, a lot of uh, input, what's the case? And what's the focus? And who is telling me what to focus on? You know, when we go to school, there is a schedule, there is a timetable, there is someone, or there are cultural stuff we have to learn in a way or in a time but metaverse is you know kind of out of uh, time and um yeah kind of space so you cannot take the material tricky. and just throw it in the room and then expect them to just pick it up as they go um this is something that has to be supervised and has uh, to follow up on specific um tasks like for instance um When you when you have a test about two armies coming against each other or working against each other then on the battlefield and you want to make them understand why a specific battle has been won because of strategic a strategic decision that has been made beforehand uh, uh, that has been uh, a strategic decision that has been taken beforehand and very often you don't really get that when you're teaching history or in the other case when you're receiving history you're actually uh, the the one in the room listening to to this uh, lesson um Take a few steps back and imagine yourself in, in the shoes of someone that is in fifth grade and is trying to understand how people migrated from one country to another country and so on. And, and things like that are so much easier when you kind of walk the way and understand that uh, migrating from, I don't know, Germany or from, let's say, uh, what is happening right now in the world from Ukraine and you would walk from Ukraine to Germany is is an issue. It's not like you're, you're entering just like going to the airport, coming then and arriving here. And so migrations can, um, depending on the task, but always in a supervised manner to my mind. So never just leave them alone with the material because then obviously... Uh, they are not going to understand what to do, but um, very often you, when you have to, when you use that in biology, for instance, as they do over here, is like connecting the 
uh, like for me, it was a hard, I had a hard time in chemistry understanding to take away to, to have the minuses. And when you um, work with the molecules and uh, all this addition and subtraction and um, that you have in order to understand how much molecules are in there and how, and when you put that like math on, on, on the notepad, it's one thing. If I start adding and uh, I might get a different understanding, but obviously the outcome, the task has to be clear before I start assembling stuff. I have another case. Think, yeah, Chris? I just want to say that I think it, it is not a question at all that, of course, the immersion which you have in VR, the three-dimensionality of the room, of the space, uh, of course, helps understanding. So this, from my point of view, is no question at all. So it's it's totally different if you really can touch things, if you can walk around, if you have like various angles uh, in comparison to just like a two-dimensional piece of paper or just a text or something. Of course, this is something totally different and it helps your understanding. But uh, the question that I have actually is, is actually more coming from another direction. And this is, um, is that new? I mean, there are various platforms uh, already offering um, teaching no. uh, and, and transferring knowledge, uh, like actually from VR platforms or into VR and uh, already offering that to, to, to classes in universities and in various branches like medicine, chemistry and so on. So um, that is that is something which is so under the label of VR collaboration and VR teaching um, well uh, established already from my point of view. No, but the potential to see, um, I get what you're saying. There are lots of companies that work already, work already in that. Um, but when it when and if Meta decides then to subsidize those initiatives, they might pop even more often up than just a few startups that manage to find VC funds and then uh, work on that. And specifically, if the universities start to kind to adopt it and it's um, within the regular um like when you put it in education and it's accepted and not just a toy thing on the side, then you get to scale it. And I think um, okay, why this, the article this. is so interesting, the Metaversity, is because Meta involved themselves into subsidizing the devices to helping with adoption, actually. And um, if they start subsidizing, so this university wouldn't have been able to to work on that and to actually provide all of those um, experiences then for the students if Meta wouldn't have been uh, involved in that. At least it says uh, further down in the article. I think there's two aspects which is very important in that like context, right? So the first thing, of course, is the glasses themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, nowadays, Meta has the same problems as everybody else. So you cannot actually wear them like more than one hour, maybe two, but that's the absolute maximum. And then uh, you are through with it, right? So then you get headaches and you can't see clear any longer and uh, the battery is low anyways. So um, there, of course, something actually has to happen. There has to be a development, which they are on the way. So this is cool, but not on the way. They are not there yet. But the second and maybe even more important thing is um, the creation of content, right? So if sure. you have like a university and you have like lots of um, of, of, of 
um, content you want to present to your students in any kind of classes, of course, there's heaps of content to produce. And this is, uh, especially in VR, this is three-dimensional content, complex content, maybe even this is quite complex. So I think the key actually also for Meta to offer that to, to universities and everybody else is um, that they also would offer a um, an effective content management system or content creation system even with which uh, universities could create this content in an easy way, in an easy manner, so that it's not too expensive, that uh, the effort is not too big for them, so that um, they can produce like their content for their students like in a row. That's how this experiment actually started, by this professor taking um, uh, a course in, in how to start up things in the metaverse and and start building in the metaverse but also um, they were able to pull that program off and have uh, i think they will have now 15 courses um within the next um uh the next semester then and it started with what a few hours um but obviously they had to subsidize the devices but also the software licenses and um in a way, you have to actually have also the acceptance then by the educational programs to support that. So you have, like you said, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, how do they produce the content? Uh, who's actually uh, over kind of reviewing that kind of content and so on? On the other hand, every professor has a curriculum and can follow up and it's up to him whether he uses like uh, PowerPoint or, you know, like, or OHA Project One or whatever they use, you know, um, why not use the metaverse then? But if you don't have the devices and you don't have the licenses, you don't even have the chance to do so. So it's a exactly yeah, it's a combination of things. Absolutely. And it says Absolutely. that and without the grant of, uh, let me just tell you that without the grant of the two-year trial, uh, it would have been 150k instead of 15k um, to to test that out. Exactly, that's uh, the question of money, of mm. course. And there's another aspect which is really very important. I mean, we have also like at Axel Springer um, a, a VR collaboration platform. And there is one aspect. It has not only to be accepted by the programs, it also has to be accepted by the students. Right. True. So and if like, like imagine you have a class of 20, 30 people, every single student of this class of 20, 30 people has to accept the VR um collaboration platform and uh, the VR glasses and uh, the proceeding with it, right? So if there's just one person saying, oh, I get sick of it or I get headaches or I don't like that, um, the whole thing is being um, endangered since this one student could not take part, let's say it's uh, from, from medical reasons, uh, could not take part in, um, in, in the lesson then what do you do with this guy? Then he's excluded. So this would be I fair. Just and say a thing at this point, because I think the idea of blended learning is to have to individual opportunities to get information for people in their way they can learn. Um, I'm not with that, that everyone has to agree with something. You know, it's like linear TV, like everyone has to look at the same time TV. And if one is not looking, I think when we think education in a new way, this is one way which is can be used in a blended way. Blended means a lot of opportunities like one-on-one or, um, yeah, 
we are or just text based or um, building things out of paper and painting, you know. I'm not with that, that everyone has to be at the same time in the metaverse to learn something. It no, can they don't be have just to. a setting. Is this a setting? You can just, you know, like you pick your book and just look inside or watch a YouTube video, you know, Lehrer Schmidt or something. Then you take it in your time and whenever you need it to take. It's actually happening now. So. And and this is we're speaking here not about um, uh, school fifth grade. We're speaking about university where you sign up to this class and where you decide whether you want to go into this VR class or you you're not. So um, uh, I guess that everyone who who has been part of this class in the past um, decided proactively to participate in that and hasn't been forced then also by the program. So it's. Um, It's something that I I would think is an addition and not without an option or they cannot opt out. I don't see that in, in the article that they are not able to opt out. Um, on the opposite, I see that even so they are saying that, uh, so they are quoting um, a lot of my students came away from the saying, wow, if I had that in my first year, I would have been a better chemist. I would have been a little bit stronger as a student. Um, but that's like when they tested that out. Okay, let's wrap this, this up. We are way over time. This, Chris, last last words. Last word. I just want to say that it probably depends on the on the format, right? Uh, so if you have really like a lesson where there is one lecturer and a group of students, and you put that into VR, like with visualizations and so, then that is something different than just the playback of something, right? So as I said, depends on the on the format, and um, what you also have to take into consideration that if you make it an alternative, then of course you have to produce the content um, in various um, for various platforms in parallel. So this is then an additional effort, of course. And there I'm thinking about DALI. We did not discuss this one yet. We have two in the, in the future because as you might have seen, uh, DALI is generating uh, amazing AI generated pictures right now imagine if dali generates on-demand vr environments you say i need the battle of gettysburg or something and then dali simply generates it on the fly maybe well, we will have this in the future if you let dali when we're talking about the painter generate that it's going to be full of tigers and watches <laughs> fighting against I'm each other i'm talking about the ai i know. would be a LSD trip yeah <laughs> and the question is if that is historically um Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> We have to see. I have There no idea. a lot of but, but the word, <laughs> there are a lot of metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the images generated by Dali are really fascinating. Okay. Um, we are way over time. Um, thank you so much for your for your contributions. Um, let's take the remaining links that we did not present yet uh, to the next time, even though, and this one is important, in two weeks we will have our summer break. So no tech review in two weeks. We will see each other again in four weeks and then maybe in VR. Let's see. <laughs> If we manage. If, if we manage to do this. Sun kissed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everybody is going to be tanned. No, okay. that's not yeah. healthy. We don't tan. <laughs> right. So have a nice evening and see you next time. 
If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you. And if it was, please give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode.